Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, Martha Reddick. I am your host. And this week, we are going to be talking about nanny transitions. And I am so excited to have Glenda Probst on. Hello, Glenda. Hello. Glinda was introduced to me by Rhonda, who came and stayed with me during... Um, International Nanny Training Day here in Chicago. She came out from St. Louis and it was so lovely to have her here. Uh, and then she introduced me to Glinda and I'm, I'm really, really grateful because Glinda is a wonderful resource in so many ways, but especially with nanny transitions, which is a, a really hard subject that doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, so great. Before we get into talking about nanny transitions though, Let's hear a little bit about your background. Well, I grew up in a small town and I was a child care center director for the one of the larger daycare centers in town. It was we had about 120 children, so it was, you know, we had a good wow, yeah. And um I loved doing it, but I always I got to a point when I got to my 30s, close close to being turning 30 that I just felt like I needed to do something different and I needed a change. And so I went, I found out about a nanny training program in St. Louis. And so with my child, my early childhood experience and working as the director and then my nanny training, those things all kind of went hand in hand for me. And um, I went through the program and I graduated and I, started working for a family in St. Louis and they had two teenage daughters and a newborn and they were expecting a little girl mm. and I went to work for them and I was actually a live-in nanny at that time. Wow. And, um, it was, a, it was a wonderful first experience and they were a great family and they treated me like I was family and my family was their family. And then, and, and the mom was very encouraging to me as far as, you know, I, I wanted to do more with than just be a nanny. I wanted to focus on the educational aspect of the nanny profession. And she went to California and went to visit her mother, and she saw an article in the newspaper 
about the first INA meeting. And she came home and she told me about INA, which is the International Nanny Association. Mm-hmm. And I, I have an phone. episode on that. So if you're curious, oh. if you're listening and you're curious, go look up the International Nanny Association episode. Great. And I called them and talked to them and went to their conference that summer and was a founding board member of INA. And I served on their board for five years. And that was where I met Harriet Grant. And Harriet Grant, for those of you who don't know, um, she passed away in 2002, but she was um, a nanny in Washington, D.C. She was a nanny for 40 years. Mm. She was one of the founders of the first nanny support group in the United States, which is ADCAN the Association of D.C. Area Nannies, which is still in operation today. Uh, so <clears throat> she was a great resource, and she, was a, she believed in me, and she, she and I had great plans. And along with Eva Harkness, we founded the National Association of Nannies, which was the first national organization for run by nannies for nannies. And that ran from 1992 to 2013. 2013? No, I'm sorry, 2005. Okay. um, We ran for 13 years. So it folded in 2005. Harriet passed away in 2002. Um, And then, you know, I went back and got very, very involved in INA again. I did a blog with um, Alice Schaefer and Kelly Garris called Regarding Nannies. I did that for a while, and then I had to stop doing that. But... After I'd been with this family for eight years, this nanny family that I had loved so much, after I'd been with them for eight years, their children, the older girls, were at college. Um, They had another child two and a half years after I started. And um, so the kids went to school. And when the kids went to school, they really only needed a part-time nanny. And I really needed a full-time job. Right. And so... um, I tried to go back. I, I didn't think that I could go with another family. I just didn't think that I could. It was so hard to leave those kids, and I just didn't think I could do it again. So I w- went out, and I got another job as a child care center director, and I was miserable. Mm. And um, about a year later, I no, it was a six months later, I, through one of my parents in the daycare center, found another woman who was looking for a nanny. And I went to work for her to take care of her newborn son. And I worked for them for three months short of 23 years. Wow. And, but when I came back to the Danny industry, um, I had a renewed passion. I really had a passion in the beginning, but leaving those kids really took it out of me. Mm-hmm. And so when I came back, my passion was renewed. And I started developing my nanny transitions and I started developing a, um, a workshop for nannies and guides for nannies and information that I could give them that would help them through this hard time. Um, and then in 2009, when I went to the INA conference in Dallas, Texas, I spoke, I did my nanny transitions presentation there. But the keynote speaker there um, 
and her name just went right out of my head. She was the keynote at INA this year, too, and her name is Lynn, and it's going to come to me, but I'm, I'll have to think about it. Um, anyway, she, when she spoke that year, she said, you, if you want to brand yourself, you have to give it away. And that really struck home with me because I had never really shared nanny transitions. If someone came to me and they wanted to know or if I knew someone was going through a transition, I would go to them and talk to them. But I never let it go outside of me. I never put it out into the world for everyone. Mm. And so during one of the breaks, I went upstairs and I bought my domain name and set my blog up and, <laughs> and off I went, you know. And I had a lot of this stuff written already. Um, but, you know, I've learned so much over in the last nine years, I've learned so much about transitions and I've learned so much about the impact that it has on nannies and what it, you know, I, I've learned as much from the nannies going through the transitions, I think, that, as they've learned from me. For sure. When yeah. I talk to a nanny in transition, I always ask her, what are you struggling with? Hmm. Everybody struggles with something different, you know? So that's, you know, that's kind of where I am. And I um, retired from my, I retired in 2015 from my nanny family. But, you know, it's interesting because people go, well, you didn't transition with those kids that I did. Yeah. But I never left, you know, I started full time with them when from newborn. And then when, you know, when the second one came, I continued to work full time. And as she got older, I just cut my time back more and more. So I did transition with them, but I transitioned along with them. So we all went through these changes, you know, that when I left, when I really left, it was hard. It was mm. really hard, you know? Yeah. They're still a huge part of my life. These kids are still a huge part of my life. For sure. Yes. I, I do know. <laughs> um, well, wonderful. Well, that's a beautiful segue. Let's, uh, let's get into nanny transitions. Okay. So when a nanny knows that the, the kids are going to be um, moving on soon, um, starting that transition, uh, for example, the youngest will start kindergarten in the fall and, you know, your hours are going to be cut back to part-time and maybe that doesn't work for your budget and things like that. Um, what are some ways to start talking to your nanny family about the transition that will be coming up? Okay. Well, you know, I believe that you can start talking about the transition in your interview. Mm. Because when you're interviewing with a family and you talk to them, one of the questions that you can ask in the interview is, how long do you anticipate meeting a nanny? Right. Because, and then at that point, if the, if the family says, well, you know, probably just till they are old enough to go to preschool and, you know, then we'll probably just put them in preschool or daycare or something, then you know that that's not going to be a long-term family. Right. And if they say, oh, you know, we want you to stay till they go to college, then you know that, you know, they, they, you're going to be there for a while. So when you know that going in, you can have these conversations about transitioning. They shouldn't just 
they shouldn't just start when the child is like four years old. Right. I feel like you should talk that it's their nanny's responsibility to have to keep this conversation ongoing so that it doesn't all just pop up as a surprise the year before they go to school. Because, you know, parents, they don't really think about things like we think about things. Mm -hmm. We're constantly trying to think, okay, this is what's going to happen next. And we're going to need to do this. And we're going to need to do this. And we're going to, and then we sit down and we have family meetings, but you know, parents, not that they don't think about it, but for Amini, because it's her job, she starts thinking about those transitions coming up and how they're going to handle them and how to plan for them. And so if you do that, if I, I feel that if a nanny does that, it's already the conversation, the kind of the groundwork for that conversation has been laid. Right. And then when they're around, four, you know, then they go to preschool. And when they go to preschool, then, you know, a lot of families think, well, then I probably won't need a nanny or I can cut her hours. So, you know, before you start, before they start thinking about going to preschool, you can start talking to them about, you know, who's going to take them to school, who's going to pick them up, who's going to be there on the days that they don't have school, who's going to be there on their breaks, so that the parents actually see that for those couple of hours a day, they probably are actually really going to need you. Right. And that's a good time to have a conversation with your employer about why you are valuable to them during that time. And, you know, it, it depends. Every nanny is different. But if it's important to you, you can, you can offer something. You know, you can, if you don't already do the grocery shopping, you can offer to do the grocery shopping or you can offer to do the Target run or the, you know, the Sam's Club or Costco or whatever, you know, you feel like would be, excuse me, beneficial to your employer. Mm -hmm. You know, you can start to offer that to them so that they can kind of start thinking about that. Right. Okay. And then, you know, before they, before they start going to kindergarten in those months leading up to that, then you can start that conversation. Because for some reason, it just doesn't seem like parents, it isn't that they don't have the conversation. It's just that I think sometimes it doesn't happen soon enough for the nanny to prepare for what's going to come. Right. And a lot of times a parent will say, you know, when, a baby, when they hire a nanny and they've had her for a while and they're in this honeymoon period. And what do they say? They say, oh, we want to keep you forever. We want to keep you till our kids go to college. <laughs> you know what? They mean it. They really, in that, in that moment, they mean it. But things happen and life changes. And as their children grow up and their children need that, you know, need less supervision and need different kind of care, the, the parents start to see that maybe they're not going to need you till those kids go to college. Right. And that's just a natural progression of children growing up and us, you know, growing with them. So, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a little bit on the nanny to watch the signs and start, you know, start the conversation and keep the conversation going so that you don't get blindsided. Right. Yeah. Don't wait for your contract to be up. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that six month review right before you think that they're going to go back to yeah. yeah 
And and the other thing that happens is, you know, that they may they may really intend to keep you, but they're going to cut your hours in half. Right. And not many nannies can afford to do that. Right. Or sometimes even if you could, because, you know, you can patchwork things together sometimes, um, but you have to really check in with yourself if that's something that you want to do. Do you want to be working with two different families? And then what happens when they do have a day off, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like and, and, then, and then at best, it's just a stopgap measure, you know, right. because it's coming. You're not going to be able to piece this job together for many, many years, you know, until the kids are much older. So when those things start to happen and when, you know, they start to cut your hours and, you know, if you can work it out, that's wonderful. It is, it is the most wonderful thing in the world if you can work it out. And on my second job, by that time I had gotten married and I was, I was very fortunate that I could do that. Right. I could cut my hours and I could do, make those concessions that I couldn't do before, you know? Um, but as nannies, we have to prepare ourselves. And as nannies, we can't expect the parents to always give us a lot of notice or a lot of, you know, heads up because things change and that's just how it is. Okay. So if I, if there are listeners, they're like, well, I didn't bring it up in the interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> and most don't. And most don't. Right. Yeah. When um, when is another potentially? I mean, those those uh, contract renewal times. I think if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I didn't bring it up in the interview, and you know, they're like, let's say your kids are two years old right now, and so not necessarily happening, you know, next year, but that contract renewal time, I would think would be a good time to potentially bring up, you know, what are that your- would be a great time to do it. Any, you know, anytime you and your employers are sitting and you're talking about their children and you're talking about, you know, plans and what's going to happen here, what's happening. It's, you know, that's a good time. That's a good time to have these conversations. It's a good time to start these conversations. Because especially if they're new parents, they don't always have, they don't always think ahead about all those things. And as nannies, it's kind of what we do, you know, we kind of go, well, you know what, have you thought about this? Or have you thought about that? Or what about this? Or what about that? And the other thing that I feel like is that in a situation like that, it's a question, it's a conversation, but it's not a problem yet. It's not your child's going to, to kindergarten in three months. What are we going to do about it? It's, you know, have you thought about what, how we're going to, you know, how this is going to play out as the children get older? Um, and then the parents do start to think about it. But you're having the conversation. You started the conversation. And a lot of nannies just avoid it because they know it's coming and they don't want to know. They don't want to think about it. And right there, they're already in transition because they're already in the first stage of grief and that, you know, it's denial. Right. Yeah. You know? So um, it, it is a hard conversation to have, but I just, the way I feel about it is bring it up when it's a question instead of bringing it up when it's a problem. 
That's a great way to think about it. And, and also as we've talked about, you know, um, on the podcast before about how emotions, when you're feeling really strong emotions, they literally short circuit the rational part of your brain. So if you let it get to a time when it's, when it's a problem, then those strong emotions are going to be there and you're not going to be able to think as rationally about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the parents won't be able to think as rationally about it if, um, if they're having strong emotions, because, you know, especially parents that are like, we want to keep you till college, um, or till they go to college, you know, they, they love you. You're part of the family and, and they're going to have, they're going to experience strong emotions as well. And a lot of times, one of the emotions that they feel, one of these, one of the emotions that I think nannies don't realize is that they're, they may hide their emotions, but they feel very guilty. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. they feel guilty because they realize they're going to take your livelihood away from you. Not only are they going to take your livelihood away from you, but they're going to take children you love away from you. Right. And it isn't that they don't realize it. I mean, they do, but oftentimes parents kind of put up a front. They hide their emotions because they're trying to present to their children this image that, okay, yes, your nanny's leaving, but we're going to be fine because we're your parents and we're always going to be here to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And, and while that's true, that's not really what the nanny wants to hear at that point in time. What the nanny wants to hear at that point in time is, oh my gosh, we love you. What are we going to do with you? We're going to miss you so much, you know, but they don't. And then, and then when the nanny doesn't hear that, then she starts to get her, her feelings hurt. And so the emotions are just, you know, all over the place for everybody really. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, once you have talked and you know the the date when you're going to be transitioning, um, what are some ways that you can talk to your nanny kids? Because we were just talking about all the adults' emotions, but (laughs) nanny kids are navigating this with less life experience (laughs) and and more questions, and they, they don't have as much control over different parts of their lives. They certainly don't have control over this. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so how, how can you start talking to your nanny kids and, and when is the ideal time to start talking to your nanny kids about this? Well, first of all, you should never ever talk to the children without having a conversation with the parents. Right. Agreeing as a united front, how it's going to be handled, handled, who's going to tell them when they're going to be told and whether or not you're going to be present when they're told and you know what they're going to say to them because you kind of have to have, I don't want to say a story, but you have to have some, uh, you have to have a consistent thing that you're saying. So you're sending the message to the same message to the children. Right. And so that's the first thing is that you all have to be on the same page and more times than not, you're not going to be the person that's going to tell them. Right. You might, if you're lucky, 
you may be invited to be part of the conversation, but you're probably not going to be the person to tell them. But there are things that a nanny, a nanny should do in her day, you know, in her day-to-day -day interactions with children. There are things that she should do, um, such as she should never let a child call her mommy. Mm -hmm. She should never tell a child she's going to stay forever. Mm -hmm. You know, an, a child needs to understand that the nanny is there to do a job. And the job right. is to teach them to be independent so that they can grow up and not need her. Mm -hmm. And sadly, that is the reality of what we do. And they also, the children also need to know that it's not their fault, that it isn't anything that they've done. And they need to know that, you know, that she still loves them. And hopefully she will get to be a part of their life. Right. And this is something that, you know, you should talk to the parents about before you talk to the children. Um, and when you're having those conversations, you know, when you're doing those interviews, when you're having those beginning conversations, or if you didn't say it in the interview and now you're going back and you're asking, you know, and you're going to talk to your employers, again, this conversation, in this conversation, you need to say, how do you see my role in your family after this job ends? Do you, will you be okay with me still seeing the children from time to time? Would you be willing to let me babysit for them on the weekends? And, you know, you have those conversations. Again, ask those hard questions now so that you don't wonder when the end comes. Because I, in my situation, my first situation, at the end, it, it was okay, but it wasn't perfect. You know, it wasn't as good as it had always been. There was a little tension at the end. And, but because we had had those conversations, because they had, we had always said, I want to be part of their lives. We want you to be part of their lives. Those children still got to be a part of my life. Oh, yeah. Regardless of what had happened. And so that made it easier. And so if you've had that conversation, it's a lot easier to, you know, to be able to make that happen than it is if you've never had that conversation and then you have to bring it up. Right. So, you know, try to have those conversations, try to, try to ask those questions and, and talk to your employer about those things because most of the time they do want you in their children's lives. You know, unless there's a conflict or unless there's been a problem, they usually do want you to be a part of their life because they don't want to rip you away from their kids. Well, sometimes when things end badly, it's, it's a different story. Right. For the most part, and a lot of times, parents are thrilled that you still want to come back and babysit because, yeah. you know, if they love you and they trust you with their kids, it's a win-win for everybody. Right, for sure. Yeah. And so, you already know the routine and, you know. Exactly. And, you know, if you're going to be able to do that, that's something that you can talk to the children about. You can say, you know what, you're still going to see me. It's, you know, it's going to be a change, but it's not going to be an end. And, you know, you can, you know, we're going to do this or, you know, you can put a plate update on the calendar. Okay. I'm going to come back and see you on such and such a date so that when you have your last day, you can, they can go, Oh, 
I'm going to see her in two weeks, you know, right. and that makes it easier for them. If you can do some of those things, um, other things that you can do, whether you're going to get to be with them after or not, I, uh, you know, a lot of nannies and I always did pictures. We did lots of pictures and lots of outings. And so you can take your, you can make uh, photo albums. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it with the children and they can help you if you want to do it that way. Or you could um, do like, a, like, I like to do the snapfish and the shutterfly mm-hmm. albums because they're easy and I have everything on my computer and I can just kind of move it around and, you know, that's a fun thing to do. The kids could be a part of that. Um, that's something that, you know, those are because memories are so important and pictures are so important and having something solid to hang on to and to see and hold is so important. Mm-hmm. And um, I've given um, kids that I transitioned out of being, you know, a more full-time nanny with them and I'm still with them one day a week. Um, but I gave them, a photo album and wrote each of them a letter in the Mm -hmm. back of it. And um, they still, when I come over to babysit, uh, they are like, let's read our book before bed, you know? And and it's amazing how important those things are to them. But it, you know, and even, even if they're too small to really remember you, you know, you give, you leave that book and, and, if they some if their parents read it to them and share it with them, it it matters. Mm-hmm. Boy, it matters, and you should make yourself one too. You yeah. know, because you need to remember those good times and you need to remember those happy times, and and when you're in when you're having those hard times, you need to remember that good times are going to come again. Right. Yeah. I will also say on that note that um, time hop, if uh, if you are allowed to post on social media at mm-hmm. all, yes. um, pictures of kids, you know, different families have different philosophies on that, which right. ask and know what your family's philosophy. But a friend of mine who was a nanny and then moved out to LA, she um, will send our nanny group pictures that come up on her time hop Uh of all of our kids because we were all in a play group together and so things like that because she is she was allowed to post on social media and so that that's another really nice way to keep it because pictures you know pictures just are so special Mm -hmm. and words are so special and so you can take those pictures and you can write words and you can write memories and you know, um, you can make something really special. Music is another one. You know, you can, um, if you have a special song that you can just say to them, you know, when you hear this song, you can just remember how much I love you. Yeah. You know, you can give them a book that was special to both of you. Um, you know, there's all kinds of, you know that child best, but there's all kinds of things that you can do with them. Um, you can teach them you and if you're and if you're going to be in touch with them if they're older children you know you can give them your name and your phone number and you know how to get in touch with you or if they're older you can you know you can ask them if they want to friend you on facebook and uh you know communicate with them that way now sometimes they don't 
Right. <laughs> and then you have to be careful what you put because you don't want to embarrass them. Right. But, um, you know, there's, there's just, there's a lot of things that they can do. And I actually have um, on my, I, I have a, uh, I have all my documents for my workshop on a Google Drive that once we're finished, I don't know if I can email it to you or they can email me and ask me for it. But I, I have all this stuff written down that, you know, if someone wanted it, I could get it for them. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, um, at the end, uh, we'll have your email address. But also if you're driving and you're like, I can't write it down, um, <laughs> you're welcome to email into chroniclesofnania at gmail.com and I'll, I'll do the, the footwork there. Um, good point. Very good point. Yeah, because I know a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're driving. I mean, uh-huh. I do. And then I'm like, no, I can't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's say that you are moving or um, a transition. You're going from full-time and not able to do part-time and a, a different nanny is coming in. Um, what are some ways that you can help set the next caretaker up? For success well first of all I think that if you have the opportunity to meet them and get to know them that's great because if you get to know the person that's going to be taking care of these children that you love so much it's going to give you a little bit more peace of mind mm-hmm. but the other thing that's going to happen is that if you make a connection with this person you're going to be sending your kids a very clear message that you know this is, this is a good person. They're going to take good care of you. I'm going to tell them, you know, I'm going to help them. I'm going to help them understand what you want, what you like, what you don't like. But when the child sees you being kind and interacting and forming this connection with this other nanny, it gives them permission to like her too. Yes. Yes. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, modeling is such a big deal in, in really all areas of our work, but that one, yes. <laughs> modeling the behavior of kindness towards this new person. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, you can do that, you know, tell her their favorite things, their favorite books, their favorite places to go. Um, you know, you can even have a little book with some, you know, some people have like a book, for their nanny that has like their favorite park and their favorite drinks and where to get their favorite this or, you know, what, whatever, their favorite movie or favorite games. But just so that they have, they have some knowledge to kind of bond and connect with them from the beginning. And then maybe you have the opportunity to take them some of their favorite places or, you know, watch the fa- their favorite movie or go to their be- the favorite park or, you know, whatever it is to start to start that relationship off with some good memories that you can be a part of will help you transition out as the new gaming transitions in. Yeah. And what a wonderful way to help those children feel seen, you know, that you're saying that, you know, all of these things and you can also ask them, like, what would you like the new nanny to know? And that's a great idea. Um, Because then they're getting a chance to, you know, have some autonomy over this transition because it can, I'm sure, to them feel very, you know, they 
they don't really have a say in this. <laughs> and so I didn't ask for this. <laughs> right. So right. For ways that, that they can have a say of even, you know, I like my milk next to my cereal and I like to pour it on my cereal myself at my pace, things like that. And those are things that give them security mm -hmm. and give me, gives them continuity to help them know, you know, well, my nanny's gone, my other nanny's gone, but this nanny's come and not that much has changed. Right. You know? Yeah. And anytime you can offer them more security, that's a good thing. Yes. Completely agree. And then how about nanny self-care? I feel like this is, is huge. Um, <laughs> in this particular area. I mean, we have a whole episode about nanny self-care in general, but um, how, what are some ways that a nanny can show themselves some love during this emotional time? Well, first of all, I have to say, it is so, so important to love yourself, to take care of yourself, to be kind to yourself. Um, do not blame yourself. You know, sometimes a job ends and something happened and you, you know, maybe, maybe there was a lesson to be learned there. And if there was a lesson to be learned, then learn the lesson, but don't dwell on it. You know, mm -hmm. if you did something wrong, learn and then move on. Right. Um, you just, you have to take care of yourself. Don't binge eat, don't drink, you know, be healthy. Um, I, I think that it's, it's important for a nanny to have a support network of other nannies that understand. You know, not, every, not all nannies have a bunch of nannies that they know or a nanny play group or a nanny support group or whatever, but you need to have at least one person that you can talk to about this because, you know, not everybody understands. Not everybody understands that how hard this is because if you're not a nanny or you've never been a nanny, how do you understand that? You know, how and how do you explain it to somebody how you are so devastated over leaving this child that doesn't belong to you? Mm -hmm. So you really need some kind of a network. Um, on my Facebook page, I have a Facebook page called Nanny Transitions. I also have a blog called Nanny Transitions. Go follow them. I really get the most traffic on my Facebook page. Um, and what happens is people post on there. And when somebody comes on my page, and I say this to them, and I truly sincerely mean this. If you're a nanny in transition and you are struggling, message me. Because I will talk to you. I, if, if, I'm, if I'm on my phone at 1 o'clock in the morning and I get a message, I will talk to you. Not always on my phone at 1 o'clock in the morning, but sometimes I am. Right. Uh, you know, but you have to have somebody that you can talk to. And sometimes online, sometimes on Facebook, other nannies aren't very compassionate about some things. Right. You know, just... Be kind to yourself and take care of yourself and don't blame yourself and don't blame your employers. It's not productive. It's not healthy and it doesn't solve anything. Nanny jobs end. You can be the best nanny in the world 
You can be the most beloved nanny in the world, but nanny jobs end. They just don't last forever. Right. And that's, that is just the reality of what we do. And it, unfortunately, it doesn't get easier with time. Leaving a family hurts. And it is completely okay and appropriate to be sad. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to scream, you know, in the appropriate place, scream. Get your, find a positive, constructive way to get your feelings out. Yeah. But you need, you know, you have to do it. And you really, you are going to grieve. You are going to grieve these children. You may think that you're fine. You may think that you've breathed through this transition, but one of these days, something's going to happen, and that grief is just going to knock you over. And you're going to go, oh, you know what? I'm not fine. I am not fine. You can't love and care for another child and make sure that they're, you know, their diapers are changed and their clothes are clean and feed them and love them and read to them and talk to them and watch them achieve all these milestones and not bond with them and not connect to them. You can't, it's, it's, I believe that that's probably impossible. Yeah. Not bond with these children. So you are going to grieve. And I, you know, when I lost my first nanny job, I grieved those kids like they died. Right. I really felt like I had a death in the family and my dad had just died the year before, and I grieved those kids as much as I grieved my dad. Yeah. And that was really surprised me, and nobody told me that was going to happen. And, and that's what I think it's so important for nannies to understand is it's supposed to hurt, and it's going to hurt. But there are things that you can do to help make it easier, and it won't hurt. For, it will hurt forever, but it will get easier. Mm-hmm. You know? It will, it will get easier, but it's not going to get easier in a day or a week. It takes time. Right. You have to be patient with yourself and you have to love yourself. And one of the things, um, there's a woman that I really like her writing and she wrote a book called Hearts that we broke long ago. And one of the things that she said in that book is she said, love looks forward and hate looks back. Mm. And so in order to move forward, you have to move forward in love. Mm -hmm. And you can't hate your employers for something that was completely inevitable to start with. Right. You know, there's just no way you can stop a child from growing up. There's no way you can stop a nanny job from ending. But there are ways that you can do it better and there are ways that you can do it constructively. And you have to continue to take care of yourself and you have to be say nice things to yourself and not you're so stupid and you shouldn't have done that. And this wouldn't have happened. And, um, and the, and the other thing is, you know, that like if some, another nanny is coming into the job, don't say something like, well, they replaced me because this is, this is the thing that you need to remember Everybody brings something to the job that nobody else brings. You gave those children something that no one else 
gave, could give them, and no one else will give them. Someone else might come and they might do some of the same things that you did, but what you gave those kids is, the, is your gift to them. And nobody else can do exactly what you did. They might do something different that's just as good, but they, you don't get replaced. Someone comes and takes over the job, but that doesn't mean that you get replaced because you had a special, unique relationship with these children and you loved them and they loved you. And the other thing that um, I think is important is that so many times, especially when a nanny leaves a job and she's not going to get to see the children anymore and they're young children, like under the age of three, mm -hmm. they worry that she won't remember them. Mm. And, you know, she, they, they probably don't remember you because your memory before age three is not, you know, I, I don't think that you remember a lot before you're that age. But what they do remember is they remember love. Right. As the person that loves and cares for them on a daily basis, you, you help them build a foundation of being loved and cared for and secure. And that's a gift that you give them. Again, nobody else can give them that gift. Nobody else can lay that foundation the way that you did. It doesn't mean that what their parents did was isn't important. It just it's just so important for you to realize that what you did, you did it. And maybe that child won't remember you, but they will remember your love. They will remember your care. They will know that they were loved from an early age. Right. And that those are the things that you have to hold on to, especially when you can't be in their life anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and yeah, if you, if you can't be in their life at all anymore for, you know, various reasons, um, that's that's even harder and then those pictures and talking to friends and finding healthy outlets um are very 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 important um but if you can be in their life like if you're moving away and you can uh, you know ask the parents to set up skype or facetime you know dates every every month or so yeah um or, you know, whatever works for both sides of that. But um, I think that's super helpful. I agree. And, and you know, I, I think you're right that sometimes um, nanny families don't ask that of us because they, they maybe think, you know, that they would be imposing by saying, you know, we, we would love to stay in contact or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that if a nanny brings it up, that the family is more than happy to to help facilitate that type of thing. And I think that they are. You know, I think that, that like I said, unless you're leaving on a bad note, you know, if, if things are really bad, then you might not get to see those children. But if if you're if you're leaving for under circumstances and like I said, you know, the emotions are so high during this time. Mm -hmm. It's easy to misconstrue. And the other thing that we do as nannies, 
is that we take everything personal. Mm-hmm. If your boss comes in from work and they're in a bad mood because they had a bad day, what's the first thing you say to yourself? Oh my gosh, what did I do? What didn't I do? What, oh my gosh, I don't know. Oh, my, oh I, I know she's mad at me. But you know what? Sometimes it's not about us. Right. And, and really, when a job ends, unless, like it's, unless it's on a bad note, it's probably not about you. Right. And that's the hardest thing for us to understand is that, you know, this isn't about us. This is about those kids. And so, you know, stay on the high road. Mm. Don't say nasty things that you're going to regret. Don't burn your bridges. Don't trash your employers in your interviews. Um, stay on the high road because you never know when your paths are going to cross again or when you're going to cross paths with somebody who's crossed their path. And you just, you have to stay on the high road. It is just the right thing to do and it is the professional thing to do. Right. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret <laughs> staying on the high road. I guarantee you, you'll, go, you'll regret going on the low road. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And if you are f- are feeling tempted by the low road, I will tell you that I have recently discovered kickboxing, and it is very <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Great for go, a question. <laughs> yeah, to go like take an hour to just beat up an inanimate object, and then you know you just walk away, and you've had a good workout, and. <laughs> So if you're if you're struggling with uh, with some aggression or uh, tempted by the low road, I would recommend a form of exercise that is intense. <laughs> that's great. Helps me. And and that's true. And it is true, though. You know, mm-hmm. you do have to have an outlet for your feelings. Right. And whether, you know, it's someone to talk to or if it's a hobby or if it's a physical activity, but you have to have a physical, a a healthy outlet for your feelings. You really do. You have to get them out. You can't keep them in. Right. And so, yeah, that, that high road, I think you can achieve being on it better if you know you have your nanny support group that that you maybe work through things with and not that you insult you know anyone in that either but that you can be a little bit more open about your feelings in that and then save you know be more professional in an interview or with your next nanny family or things like that yes and that's a great point yeah that's a great point the other thing that um and kind of along the same line um, in, in having a network, mm-hmm. the other thing that's really important is that you need a backup plan. Right. You know, if you are a working nanny, I don't care if you have the best job in the world, and especially if you are the only person working in your family or if you are a live-in nanny, you have to have a backup plan. So, you need if you if you're a live-in nanny, you need a place to go on a 24-hour notice because you know sometimes it happens. Sometimes jobs go south and families kick you out and you don't have any place to go. So you need a place to go on a short notice, and then you need a place to go 
on a little bit longer term so you could kind of get on your feet and figure out what's going on, what you're going to do. That could be the same place. Right. Itself, but you need those because you need to have that in your mind. You need to kind of have it set, have an agreement with a friend or whatever, because when you're a living nanny and somebody, you know, and you get kicked out, you are in a panic. Mm-hmm. But if you, if your, if your job ends badly and your employers tell you you have to get out of the house in 24 hours, if you have that plan in place, then you can just go, okay, I know what to do. You know, I can go here and I can go here and I've got a couple of weeks to kind of get my bearings and get my, you know, get all my, get interviews and things. But you have to think ahead about those things because that is the nature of our job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to have a backup plan for where you're going to go if, you, if your job ends and you're living. Mm-hmm. And you need a short term and a long term. And then if you're, you know, whatever kind of a nanny, whether you're working, nanny, if you're working nanny, you need to be saving money. Right. You need to be saving money. You need to be putting money out way out of every paycheck. So that if something happens, you have a little bit of money to live on until you can get back on your feet, till you get another job, so you can get out there and start interviewing again. Right. Yeah. And even um, if in your state the laws are that they're not allowed to kick you out if you're a living nanny, like there's some states that tenant laws don't allow that, but they still can do it and then you would have to fight it in court. So you still need that 24 hour plan. You do. Because even if you're sitting there thinking just to yourself, but Martha and Glenda, there are laws, but laws only work through the court system, which takes time. That's right. That's right. Just keep that in mind. That's right. And you know, sometimes people don't know about those laws. Right. And that takes time and money. Yes. And money. So saving is also a good and and it is just a good peace of mind to have mm-hmm. you know because when when that happens it's hard and it's emotional and it's upsetting and you know you just have to think what okay the you can't figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life right what are you going to do in the next 24 hours so if you have a place to go in that next 24 hours then you know you don't have to fall apart yet Right, exactly. And those are things that you can do to make this easier, you know? Mm-hmm. All the things you can do to help yourself. And and there are a lot of things that, and I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but there are a lot of things that a nanny can be aware of to know that a job is coming to an end, whether her children are going to preschool or what, you know? There are signs that the job is ending. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Well, you know, I talk to a lot of nannies and one of the things that they always say to me after they read these signs of job is ending, they'll come back to me and they'll go, you know, I saw those signs, but I just didn't really think they meant anything. <laughs> and, and the thing is that when you start to see these signs happening, you need to pay attention because if you do not take control of the situation, your employers are going to take control of it for you. And then, you know, you're going to, and you're going to be sorry. You know, you're going to be reading about your job on care.com. 
Right. And I've had a lot of nannies that happen to, you know, they'll come to me and they'll say, oh, you know, I'm having trouble with my job and this and this and this. And then the next week they come and they go, oh, I just saw my job. I just saw my job online, you know. Mm. So the big one, the big sign is, you know, the most important thing about a nanny employer relationship is the communication. Mm-hmm. So when you stop communicating, that's huge, you know, because um, that just is the that's the foundation for a great great relationship. Um, when the parents stop trying to be respectful or accommodating to your needs, you know, like if you say, you know, it's never been an issue for you to take off 20 minutes early, and all of a sudden it is an issue for you to take off 20 minutes early, or you know. And that's a problem. Right. When the parents start to take on responsibilities that used to be yours, mm. you know, uh, when you always, you know, took the kids to dance lessons or picked them up from dance lessons and the mom's, well, you know, I'm going to start leaving work early and pick them up or, you know, uh, my husband's going to stay in late this morning and take the kids to school. And when those things start to happen, those are signs because as the kids get older, it's easier for parents to do these things for them. But when the parents start being able to take on more and more of these responsibilities, it's nice, but it's also a sign that the children are getting to a point and the family is getting to a point where they don't need you the way that they did. If the parents don't back you up, if you're having like a problem, you know, if you say, okay, you can't watch television until your homework's done. And then they come home from work early and, you know, the kid comes in and says, hey, can I watch television? And they say yes, when they know you've already said no. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Because, you know, that's a lack of respect now. You're not, you know, you're not a united front anymore. Um, if your paycheck bounces, because that's a lot, you know, that happens. When um, money starts to get tight and little things start happening. And that, I mean, your paycheck bounces is a big one. Right. Um, but a lot of times nannies do have to leave their, you know, lose their jobs because of financial issues. Right. I think if your paycheck bounces or a slightly smaller one, but if, if they start, um, like not rounding up on the hours and they used to and things like that, you know, or they ask for the credit card back. Right. Or they, you know, there's no petty cash left for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Know, those so and and those are money things and when those things start happening they that's a problem you right. know you, it, but see we see these things and you just see one of them and you think oh you just blow it off and then you see another one and you blow it off but then they just keep adding up and pretty soon you can't you can't ignore them anymore if your um, employer doesn't respect you anymore mm-hmm. if they belittle you in front of others or they you know, correct you in front of the children. They disagree with what you say. When you dread going to work, when your employer starts to avoid you, when you try to avoid your employer, when they don't get excited about the things that you've done with the kids, um, when you stop having regular meetings, when they start kind of messing with your work agreement, you know, and going back on things and uh, trying to change things up, you know, those are signs. If you don't get a raise, mm. they go back on a promise they made you. 
when you feel like you're walking on eggshells. The children have outgrown your level of expertise. And just, a, you know, a general feeling of being out of the loop. And those are all signs. And nannies need to be aware of them and they need to be watching for them because when they start to happen, then it's a good, it's a good chance your job's coming to an end soon. Right. You know, and, and when we start to see, and a lot of times when you start to see those signs again, you just go into denial. Oh, that's, you know, my job's not going to end. I'm going to be here for another couple of years or, you know, whatever. But um, those are, those are signs and there's, and, and it's really, it's, it's something that the nanny has control of, you know, she can't stop those things from happening. She has the control to be aware of what those signs are and to pay attention for when they start happening because then she can decide what she's going to do and she can decide if she's going to stay or if she's going to wait until they ask her to leave and she can make that decision for herself instead of waiting for her employers to make it for her. Right. You know, because anytime you make a decision for yourself, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. but if somebody makes that decision for you, it's, it's kind of like you don't have any, it, it takes your power away. It does. And it kind of cuts you off at your knees. And it's a little bit harder to stand up after that, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I also think though, um, as you're starting to see those signs, it's important to remember to, like we were talking about before, continue on the high road and still uh -huh try to communicate as best yeah. you can and, and things like that. So I just don't want anyone listening to get the impression that we're in any way saying, once you see those signs, just give up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do that. Really what you should do when you start to see those signs is you should confront it. Right. Exactly. You, know, you should go to your employers and say, you know, I've noticed some stuff. Can we talk? Mm -hmm. When you ask for that meeting, you need to be prepared for what you might hear. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a really good episode to listen to before that meeting is um, Power Struggles with Parents with uh, Pascal Brady. She does an excellent job of, of talking through those communication issues with parents and ways to go about handling them. So. And, and at that point, if your employer says, well, you know, we, we really don't want to talk about it or we really don't think it's a problem, then you know it's a problem. Right, right. <laughs> then, but yeah. Should, I mean, always, always try to talk to your employer. Always try to resolve it. Mm -hmm. Don't ever just throw in the towel. But at the same time, take the responsibility to be aware of these things. Right. And, and again, you know, parents are not good at this stuff. They're right. just not. They're just not. And it's, it's because they care about you and they care about your, their kids and it's hard for them. And sometimes it's embarrassing, you know? And so you have to also be forgiving of them and compassionate to them and put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. I, so let's say that though you, you didn't see the signs and um, and, and you do end up getting fired and kind of blindsided by that. And you're not allowed to say goodbye to the children. Cause I've seen a lot of nannies post that, um, and you know, and parents kind of like 
hold that hostage almost not even hostage because you you just aren't allowed to see the children um and say goodbye so are are there ways that a a nanny can help him or herself during that time when when you don't get to have the closure yeah closure with the kids I think that one of the things that she could do is to sit down and write a letter mm. to them and say the things that she wants that she wanted to say to them right. and say goodbye to them. And there are a couple of ways to do it. I mean, she could do it and she could just keep it to herself. It was a, you know, it was a kind and loving letter that was, you know, not negative. Um, then it would help her to process her emotions. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, if she wanted to try to give it to the parents and ask them if they would share it, she could consider it or she could just, it could be for herself. But um, the one thing I do think is that I think that if you're going to do something like that, you need to give it some time. Because emotions are so high when you first leave a family. And a family doesn't really have an opportunity to miss you until you've been gone a little bit. And so you've got to give them a little bit of an opportunity to find their new normal and to realize what you brought to the family. And then if you do that, if you give them a little space and you do that, in a respectful way, maybe the parent would consider giving that to the child. And maybe they won't. But I think you need to give a little space first and kind of gauge it, you know. Um, the other thing you could do is you could write a letter, a thank you letter to the parents. And in the thank you letter, you could kind of put those feelings and those thoughts. And that would kind of, you know, smooth some things over. It would be, um, and it would be therapeutic for you. Right. But at the same time, if you can do it in a positive way, I think that it's a, that you might be able to reach the parents and it would give you a better chance of maybe having some kind of closure with children. But, you know, I think that, it's not, it's once you, if you decided to send it to the parents, that it, it's out of your control. They may let the children see it. They may not let the children see it. It, it may not fix the problem. So you have to consider it kind of a therapeutic process that may not have a re, the resolution that you want. Right. Yeah. So it might be for you. Yeah, it might be for you. Um, Again, to make a book of pictures with the kids and write down memories, that would be a good thing to do. You know, I think that um, when you're hurting, when you're going through a bad time, you need to remember the good times. You need to remember the happy things and the happy times and, and the things that, not just the memories that you made with the kids, but the privilege that you had of taking care of someone else's children and that someone else allowed you to love their children the way that you did and care for their children the way that you did. And to kind of um, 
you know, put that in a book or write it down. Um, but to get those emotions and those feelings out on paper, if, if, you, if you can do that, if you have the ability to do that, I think that that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to let those emotions out and you need to process them. Right. And that's just the hardest kind of transition there is. It really it is. is. It is just the hardest. And you, um, sometimes you just have to let go. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people let go of you and you don't understand it. And you, and it hurts. But what you have to remember is that not everybody comes into your life forever. Some people come into your life to teach you a lesson or to help you through something or, you know, maybe they're, you're in their life to teach them something or to help them through something. And then that part, that chapter's over. And it doesn't mean that what you did wasn't important. It doesn't mean that what you did didn't matter. It doesn't mean that you didn't have an impact on that child's life. But your part in the story is over. And so you have to feel good. You have to find a way to feel good about the part that you played in the story. Right. And you have to, you have, you know, it's really, I think that nannies are so hard on themselves. Mm Mm-hmm constantly what did I do it was my fault I should have done this I should have done that and women I think are real bad about that too right. more than men but you know the majority of of female nannies sorry nannies I know you're out there but um women get so caught up emotionally in this and um we beat ourselves up and we blame ourselves and you know we just have to keep loving ourselves and forgiving ourselves and we have to forgive the parents and we have to find a way to control and, and resolve our pain and our hurt. And sometimes that's by moving on to another family Mm -hmm. and you know, you hopefully you can do that, but sometimes you have to resolve that pain and that hurt or if you, or because if you don't, you go into another job and you might make the same mistakes or you might do the same things and that job might may be in, in badly. So if you need, if there's something that you needed to learn from this, you need to do it, you know, you need, but, but you need to process these feelings. You can't shove them away. You can't ignore them. You have to go through this grief. You have to process this grief and you have to go through every stage in order to get through it. Yeah. And yeah, be kind and patient with yourself. Yes. And then whenever you start to interview again, don't compare. Right. Ever, ever compare one family to another family because every family is going to have its positives and negatives mm-hmm. and what's a positive for you might be a negative for somebody else but you know don't compare the families that you've worked for because one family might be wonderful 
in the in the way that you know they have a backup for you if you're sick and if you're sick you can it's not a big deal to call in and the other family might be wonderful for you because they always come home on time and they have jobs where they go to work at a certain time and they come home at a certain time you know every family has its positives and its negatives and it's different for every family but don't compare one to the other because if you always keep trying to find that family that you left you're never going to find it and you're never going to find a job that you're going to be happy in you're just not you have to allow every family to stand on its own merits and make great memories with that family yeah i completely agree so any ideas back to the the nannies that are lucky enough to to know um when the transition will be coming um and have time to gain closure uh how about ideas for that final week do you think it's better to do more like treat ourselves or um really keep uh to the routine i think it depends i don't think there's a right or wrong answer for that I think it's it's really, you know, it's your last week. So what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, as long as the parents are okay with what you're doing, um, I think that's fine. I I think that it should be a little bit special. You know, I don't think that you should blow it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there should be some special things that you do. Um, whatever that is, you know, maybe... Maybe you do it with the kids. Well, what would you, you know, what would you like to do this week? What's what's something special you would like to do on my last day? Or, you know, um, just what's something, what was your, what's your favorite thing we ever did? Um, And, and, you know, that is something, that's a conversation you can have with them as you're going, leading up to those days. Memories, you know, talk about those memories with them. And it's also okay to talk about your feelings with them. You know, it's okay for you to say, you know, I'm really sad that I'm leaving and and I really love you and I'm really sad that I'm leaving, but, you know, this is just, the, you're getting to be bigger and you're going to go to school and that's great, you know, and you focus on all the positive things, but you can, but you, it's still okay to recognize their feelings and you can also share with them your feelings because, you know, children don't always understand their feelings and when they do have feelings they don't always understand if they're okay or not and so if you can say well you know I'm really feeling sad because I'm really going to miss you but we have had so many great times together you know then they're like oh okay well nanny feels a little bit sad so it's okay for me to feel sad that's okay you know there's nothing wrong with that but at the same time, you have to make sure that they understand that it's going to be okay, you know. And um, you know, you can you can do that. I mean, I think that you can do that. I think you can talk about your feelings, and you can help them talk about their feelings. But then you spin it in a positive way, you know. Right. Um, if mommy's going to be staying home with them, you and mommy are going to have so much fun. You're going to have to take mommy. You're going to have to show mommy this or you're going to have to show mommy how to do that or maybe you and mommy can do this together you know um so you you have to you you can do that but you have to teach them how to deal with their feelings in a positive way 
Yes, for sure. Um, and yeah, I love, I love that idea of asking them. Um, but then also recognizing, you know, you can do things that you love as well. (laughs) Right. Right. And, you know, and I I think that it's okay to make them a part of this process. Mm -hmm. It's, it's okay to make them a part of this winding down period because it's not just your transition. It's their transition too. Right. And you are, you know, we are teaching them to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And we're teaching them how to say goodbye in a positive way. And we, what, what we teach them is going to set the pace for how they say goodbye the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it can be a good goodbye or it can be a, po- a bad goodbye. And there's this country song that I always, I love this song. And, and, and it, she says, she's talking to her mom and her mom says, how do I help you say goodbye? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we do. We, 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 t- we teach them how to say goodbye and we teach them that it's okay to hurt and it's okay to cry. Right. You know? Um, it, it is part of life and it is a huge life lesson that we're teaching. It is, it's kind of like the last gift we give them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And we should make it a good one. Yeah. And also um, be on the lookout because uh, for ways that kids will say goodbye. For example, um, I'm currently starting to transition out of a nanny position. And uh, the, the kids have started when I leave for the day starting conversations with me, uh-huh. you know, about unrelated things, but just there's, they usually, when I, you know, would say goodbye at the end of the day, we're like, bye, see you later. And lately it's been, they've like walked with me to the door uh-huh. and, yeah. and then, you know, ask me questions and are doing things to keep me there. Yeah. Um, and that's just new um, lately. And I, I think it has to do with this, but things like that. Um, or if they're pushing certain buttons, um, that's another thing that might happen. <laughs> um, testing you. Yeah. Testing yeah. you or, or potentially I know, um, this happens with friendships too. When you're going, when you know that you're going to be parting ways, sometimes, um, our somewhat subconscious way of doing that is to kind of be mean. <laughs> uh-huh. And so just be aware and, and try to, to not take that sort of behavior as personally. Um, and, and, you know, do these things like talk about it and say, you know, how you model, how you're dealing with your emotions and like, I'm feeling very sad and, um, and I've been thinking a lot about all the really, really fun times we've had lately and talking with them, I think will help, uh, it not their grief, not rear its head in, in uglier ways. Because they are grieving too. Mm-hmm. They are sure. grieving too. And I think that sometimes we forget that, you know, the whole family is grieving. Right. Everybody shows it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And kids, 
for some of them, this is literally the first time they've potentially experienced this type of grief. Right. You know, certainly grieved over a, a stuffed animal that got left behind or things like that. But, um, but this might be the biggest grief they've dealt with to date. This is a big one. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. And, you know, and we need to, we need to recognize those feelings and help them work through those feelings. But we also need to send them a very clear message that they're going to be okay. Right. That, you know, their mom and dad are always going to be there to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And that is their mom and dad's job, you know, to be there to take care of them for the rest of their life. And hopefully you get to be in their life. But, you know, if you don't get to be in their life, you know, I will never forget you. I will never forget the time we did such and such, you know? Right. Um, it's hard. It's so hard. It's hard. And, you know, I hope I can say this without crying. Um, it's been, it's been um, 25 years. Since 25, let me think about this a minute. 25 years since I left my first nanny family. Yeah. And it still hurts. Right. It still hurts. It doesn't. It doesn't ever completely go away. Right. It doesn't completely go away. And that's just the cost of loving. You know, that's because grief is love with no place to go. And, you know, that, that is what we're doing. And, So, you know, it's so important for nannies to know this and have this information in their hands and to to not, you know, it's always going to hurt. It's always going to be hard. It never gets easier. But to have some tools, to have some ideas, to have a plan in place for how they're going to get through it, how they're going to take care of themselves. It's just so important. And taking care of themselves and continuing to love themselves is such a big deal. It's, it is so important because nannies oftentimes underestimate their value. Right. As people and, and in their place in this world. And nannies are so special. Nannies have so much to give and so much to bring to the table. And they do. You know, majority of nannies, they just come, and nannies and nannies, they come and they just, they lay it all out and they give it all. And they love with their whole heart. You know, you don't love with half your heart. Mm. You love with your whole heart. And then you hurt with your whole heart. Yeah. And it is what we do. It is our job. It's our job. Mm-hmm. And it is inevitable that nanny jobs end. But there are things that we can do to prepare ourselves. And there are even things that we can do to help the families through it. And in the information that I have, um, I have a tip sheet for leaving a family and things that you can, you know, help the family to do with the kids to help them through the transition. 
and then things that you can do for yourself to help yourself through the transition. But you have to keep loving yourself and you have to be good to yourself. And, um, you know, there are so many opportunities and so many ways that you can do self-care now. I mean, you know, you can do massages, you can do classes, you can do, um, I, I went through um, this, this group called Brave Girls Club. Mm. They have something online called Brave Girl University. And they have all these classes in Brave Girl University that are about just about life lessons and about being strong and finding your strengths and standing in your own power and forgiving yourself and for not being afraid to do the things you need to do and the things that you want to do. And, you know, it, they're very healing. And I call those kinds of classes, I call it soul work mm-hmm. because in you're working on your soul, you know, you're working on your ins, you're working from the inside out. And this is a really, you have to take care of your soul. You just, you have to take care of your inside out, not just your health, but your heart and your emotions and your everything. You just have to take care of yourself and you have to love yourself enough. Yeah. Yeah. You have to love yourself enough. Yeah. And, yeah. and it also, um, just something to keep in mind that I'm a, a big supporter of going to therapy. Uh-huh. Um, I know that that's not financially possible for everyone, but um, if you live in a place with a university, mm-hmm. a lot of times you can go there and they have students uh-huh. who need hours and so you can get it you can get therapy for for very inexpensive sometimes free um and so just keep that in mind that if if you're finding yourself um overwhelmed during a transition a time of transition or at any point in your life um but particularly because this is grief and it's hard and and not everyone understands you know no one is gonna bake you a casserole probably, you know, when you're transitioning (laughs) out of, out of being a nanny for a family. And so, um, we're not cared for by a community in the same way you are with a deaf in the family. Um, so we do have to work harder, uh, to get the support that we need and asking for help is huge. Um, and, and, and going to therapy, I think is also a, a really good idea if you, if you can work that in. I'm so glad you said that because there's another point I'd like to make. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about getting help, you know, some of the stuff you can get through on your own, but if you, as you said, if you feel hopeless, if you feel hopeless, if you really feel like you can't do this, you need to get help. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with getting help because even the strongest people need a little bit of help sometimes. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And the other thing is that if you're, if you're struggling, do talk about it. Tell somebody you're struggling because when, when people are quiet, we think, oh, they're doing fine. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They're not talking about it. They're not talking about it all the time. They're, they're doing fine because they haven't said anything about it. If they're not talking about it, you'd be asking them about it. Because when you stop talking about it is when you stop dealing with it. Right. When you start shoving it all inside, that's when you're not dealing with it. And it will come out. <laughs> it will come out in some way. And if you, the harder you work to shove it in, just like, I mean, physics, it works, <laughs> it works like physics, that the, the more compressed and pressurized you've put to keep it tightly inside, the harder it's going to fight to get out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. In really, really unhealthy ways, potentially. And we, and, and as nannies, we need to pay attention to each other. Mm-hmm. And we need to be there for each other. And we need to be less judgmental and more loving. And we need to be compassionate and understanding. And we need to lift each other up. Mm-hmm. Because we as nannies are the only ones that truly understand what another nanny's going through. You know, and um, the other part of the story about my first family is that um, last summer, the youngest boy in my first family was killed. Oh my gosh. And um, it was very hard for me. Mm. But I, and I talked about it in the beginning, and then I just got tired of hearing myself talk about it, and I shut up. Mm-hmm. And I was so sad because nobody really reached out to support me. And one of the things that, and I wrote a blog post about it, um, and, and one of the things that happened after I wrote that blog post was that people started messaging me and saying, Glenda, I'm so sorry. You didn't say anything, and I thought you were, we just thought you were okay. You're such a strong person and you didn't say anything and we just thought you were okay. And you know, that taught me such an important lesson and that's why I'm saying it again. If somebody is going through something like this and they're not talking about it, it's a problem. It's a problem because you've got to talk about it to get through it and you have to have support to get through it. You can't do it on your own. Don't try to do it on your own. You can't, you cannot, you cannot do it on your own. I found that out the hard way. Yeah. You know? and there's also, um, Brene Brown, who I, I talk about oh. frequently cause I, oh. I think she's amazing. Um, oh. in braving the wilderness, her latest book that she wrote, she talked about how, um, a lot of people are really, really comfortable with giving help and they're not comfortable with asking for help. Absolutely. <laughs> and, Absolutely. and by judging yourself for asking for help, you're also judging anyone who asks for help, which I think if you think about it that way, if somebody asks you for their help, you don't judge them, you know? You usually give the I your help. I consider it an honor. I consider it an honor when someone asks me for my help. Their help, I really do. You know exactly. Me too. And so I, I just treat yourself with the same kindness that you treat other people with, um, because as nannies, we are generally a very helpful bunch, um, especially face to face over online sometimes. <laughs> 
we, we <laughs> <Not so much. laughs> um but but face to face we're we're really kind and helpful bunch and um and i just want to encourage everyone to practice that same kindness with themselves and don't be afraid to ask for help um glinda mentioned earlier that you can message her you can also message me i'm i i love the nanny community and um and would love to to help in any way that I can. And if I, you know, you can message me on my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, say the, say the name again. Nanny, it's, it's Nanny Transitions. Perfect. On Facebook. And uh, my, my blog is nannytransitions.com. Mm -hmm. And my email is nannytransitions at gmail.com. Great. And um, I also have another blog and um, another Facebook page called Finding Your Grace Card. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they kind of work hand in hand with, um, you know, soul work and loving yourself and remembering who you are and standing in your own power. And I found that these two things kind of complement each other sure. because when you're going through a transition, you need to be you need to remember that you are an amazing person and you need to remember that you have a lot of wonderful traits that only you can bring to a job and you just you just need to remember who you are and you need to remember how special you are and so both with both of those i try i really try to do that but um i i i do consider it an honor when people come to me and say I'm having a hard time and I really when I say that I mean it you know message me if I can't message you right back I'll get back to you as soon as I can I'll set up a time to talk with you whatever you need because um, we need each other mm -hmm. we need each other and you know we we have to take care of each other as as human beings and as nannies in the same profession we, we have to love each other and care for each other and um, extend a hand out and a hand up whenever we can uh, because it's important. And we need to listen and we need to pay attention to each other. For sure. That's so true. Um, well, wonderful. Um, yeah, so I will also be posting on Chronicles of Nannia links to um, the Nanny Transitions blog and uh, the page, the Facebook page. Um, I'll also include uh, Glenda's email, the Nanny Transitions email uh, in this episode. So it's, it should be in the show notes. Um, but if you are driving or you forget or anything like that, you can also email me at chroniclesofnania uh, at gmail.com or Facebook message me, Instagram. I am pretty open about that Twitter is not my favorite. So that's probably the, yeah, I just need more than whatever it's up to now, 160 characters. I just, I, I was an English major. I, I need more. <laughs> So, so yeah, but any of the other social media, I'm more than happy. Uh, and, and you can certainly message me on Twitter. I just might not see it for a while. Um, 
but yeah, well, well, wonderful. That was, that was so helpful and really do go read, um, the, the blog in its entirety, the gentle transitions guide. It's very helpful. I read it. I, I literally, my breathing slowed down and I was calmer as I read it. So I, I highly recommend it. And I will send you the link, I guess, for your show notes, the link to the um, drive for the handouts that I have. That's great. That would be wonderful. Um, yeah, I'll put it, I'll put that in the show notes as well. So it's, it's all down there for you. Look right now, magically it's there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, wonderful. Well, we end each episode with a cute, funny, uplifting, inspirational story. Um, and do you happen to have one? I could, I could tell you, um, the, the first little boy that I nanny for in the first family, he, uh, he would always say to me, he would always say, nanny, when are you going to get a real job? (laughs) <laughs> well, I would say, well, Casey, this is, this is my real job. No, 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 Nanny, not like not not like taking care of me. I mean, like, why don't you go work at Schnucks or that was the grocery store, or why don't you um you could drive a school bus or you could uh, work at the mall. And I said, well, you know, honey, even if I go and get another job. Your mommy and daddy are just going to find somebody else to come and take care of you because your mommy and daddy are still going to go to work every day. It's a bit, you just will have somebody different. You won't have me anymore. He goes, Oh, okay. Well, well, never mind. (laughs) 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 He thought that if I got a real job, that that his mom and dad would stay home from work. (laughs) You know, but if he could just get rid of me, Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It was so funny. I laughed so hard about that. <laughs> you know, just what the, what the things that kids, you know, perceive in their mind. And they never, ever brought it up again. <laughs> all the time. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you never brought it up again. That's really funny. I, that's perfect. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And thank you so much for taking time to talk through that I I really really appreciate it. Well, I thank you for the privilege, and Rhonda, thank you so much for connecting us. Yes, um, because right. it is it is it is an honor and a privilege for me to share this with you. It's an honor and a privilege for me to support you through to support anybody through this really hard time. Yeah. So thank you as yeah. well. And and thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.